Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. I'm Kai. I'm Karina. I'm Simeon. This is episode four. And we're back. Yes, we are. Hey. With episode number four. Mm. Numero cuatro. Yes. We had a lot of good conversation last time. I'm excited for this week's. Yes. We always have a good conversation. I know. (laughs) Because we talk about that real shit. (laughs) <laughs> and um just well how is everybody doing so far how's everybody's week going everything's good are you guys enjoying the weather i know i am i mean there's not much so much you can enjoy when you're at work but whatevs that's that's real i mean for the most part <laughs> actually this week right no this week it actually isn't so bad for us being inside with the weather right. being like 52 degrees outside at least it's not raining yeah i feel like we only get heat or sun, and right. we literally have to choose which one is more important to us. Right. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm actually okay with the weather because I was in Miami and it was humid as. <laughs> I'm also not too angry at the weather because my natural was on fleek. Like mm. there was no shrinkage this week, so I appreciate the humidity holding off. I appreciate the sun not beating down and trying to fry <laughs> the little bit of dye left in my hair. Because this is a weaveless week, so I am at the mercy of nature. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. I don't know why I'm saying you're welcome because I have nothing to do with it. Right. Actually, <laughs> actually, you could probably thank Beyonce because yes. apparently, Let me whenever you. she comes into town, it stops raining. It literally, <laughs> the, the rain literally <laughs> held up for that concert on Tuesday. I caught my life. I caught my best hair. I caught all, I caught all the things, including a cold. Beyonce sneezed and my throat was hurting. (laughs) Like that happened. And I literally was walking around the next day like, I caught a cold from Beyonce. Like that's how I felt. I felt like I caught my cold from Beyonce. What's what's the line? The sneezed on the... She sneezed on the beat and then everybody (laughs) got sick. sick. (laughs) Because Beyonce has been on my mouth like liquor all week. All the conversations. All the conversations go right back to Miss Beyonce herself, Queen Beezus. All of it. All hail the queen. Jesus. It was great. She definitely did her thing. And Khaled was out there Snapchatting. Snap, he, just, he just a snapping away. You know what? I had the nerve to really sit there and go through all of his snaps like I wasn't there. And it was like a whole bunch of rappers just like showing off their new outfits. Like Fab had like a Nike suit, but it wasn't just any Nike suit. It was a Balmain Nike suit. I was like, I didn't even know that they went together. Like... How hood is that? How hood rat are you? But you know that's not my business. French Montana, for whatever reason, people feel that he's still relevant. He came out with his like white lined leather jacket. I don't know. But it was a good week for all the things in media. I had a great time. So you say you had the best week. I had the best Tuesday. You went up on a Tuesday. I did go up on a Tuesday. Yo, I feel like I'm 22. (laughs) I went up on a Tuesday. You right. True. Well, we are hoping that you're making lemonade out of lemons um in your week and we want to thank we want to thank you you're making me laugh um we want to thank you for all your comments and your feedback um we have some feedback for today um what do we have sim we have this letter from julia it's a long ass letter so we're going to break it up into a couple different sections so that we can uh, I mean, I mean, she was very she, thorough she, she, she was very thorough. it's very thorough but you know 
it's long, so we're going to break it up <laughs> uh, so we can address each question um, or each section of questions uh, appropriately. Okay. So I'm going to kick this off, um, and the letter starts with, I worked at an agency where I've experienced harassment in its various forms. After that job, I found myself on the client side building a product and a team from the ground up. In a team of 40 plus, I was just one of a few women. Now in a team of four, I'm still the only woman with three white guys. They are some of the best people I've ever met and consistently talk about bringing in more women, making the team more diverse, et cetera, et cetera. But I haven't seen real effort to make that happen with recruiting. My question is, as a woman who finally finds herself in a position of power, how do I influence them to diversify? Where do I start? So we're going to break there. We're going to answer those two questions. Um, so I think I'll start. I think the key, the key word here is that she says she's in a position of power. Yeah. So she's a decision maker. Um, I feel like she's in a position where she can write out a plan and put that plan in motion for everyone around her to react. Because I feel like them just saying it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like there's a plan in action, it's just talk. So if she's in a position of power, she being Julia, hey Julia, um, if you're in a position of power, you have the ability to put pen to paper or put hand to keyboard and write out an agenda or a plan of action for when a position does open, how that you guys know exactly how to approach it. You you have a, some sort of loose system or a structure system in place that at the very least says we're going to look for women or people of color in this place or you have your list of people who you would like to work with and you could yeah. just pull them in. I actually feel like that's yeah. even more important. It sounds a lot like Julia's probably in a startup setting. Okay. Where in a startup setting, I mean, it's a lot less formal than at a larger agency where you may need a plan, of, right. a, a written plan. Quite frankly, Julia, if, if you find that they're not diversifying their pool, then that then becomes your job to be actively seeking and building a pool of your own of mm -hmm. women I therefore agree. going to checking your linkedin looping in people that you know sending out emails asking people hey i'd love to get a woman in here for this position and then bringing those women to the table for them to meet i would even like i don't know maybe it's just because i think of people being hypocritical I should think she should just be like hey this is I think this is a good candidate like it doesn't even yeah. need to mention it to me I wouldn't mention and this is probably just me because I'm like hey. well they do that in corporate settings like even if you're looking for someone on your team you know you want to you have people in mind you have right. people in mind put that out there cool and I feel like shouldn't that be easier in a startup setting as a person who isn't who was actively involved in recruitment and hiring um circumstances at my current place of work like you're only going to you're only going to look or seek rather uh within areas and pools that you are comfortable so if you work with a whole bunch of dudes that only know other dudes because they only hang out with other dudes yeah then guess who's <laughs> yeah, going exactly. to like guess who's going to be in your pipeline yeah. as a woman then you, you know 
or people in general. Like if you want to see more people that look like you, you have to make sure that you're putting yourself out there to say, you know, I want to meet more creatives. I want to meet more account people. I want to meet more, et cetera. Yeah. Um, because it would be great to have more of your insight, more of my insight, et cetera, to help build this company yeah. and bring them in. I don't think it always, and I don't think it always has to be in a, a job recruitment setting. Like, bring your friends through for a drink or if you're going to a happy hour and it's open mm-hmm. don't just bring your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend bring in people that you think could help influence the company later down the line so you can always say hey do you remember jenna do you remember uh Brittany? do you remember amanda they would be great for this position we have open now and that's how cool. you build a pipeline that's a, yeah that's a very good recommendation all right let's continue this letter um julia says how does one woke white girl tell other people to check their privilege in a way that is educational? I often feel like sometimes when I recognize discrimination in front of me, I react defensively or I immediately look down on these people for not recognizing the struggles of others. How do I check my peers and educate them and hopefully myself as well in parentheses? So... I think she wants they, to educate. I just right. want to give her a high five because yeah, like, that's like the best. Just having this kind of question or having yeah. that kind of outlook. It's like you've reached a you, new enlightenment. You are woke. Right. right. You are actually woke. But, but I, <laughs> a new I, level of enlightenment. I, I feel like her using the term woke means that she has read up on this issue. Mm-hmm. And those things that she's read up on basically that's what she wants she should be sharing with these people because they are perspectives other than her own but those perspectives have influenced how she looks at these issues so to me that's what that's what woke is like basically you you understand the mm-hmm. issues holistically and if she understands the issues holistically the way that she understands them is how she should relay that message to them. But she doesn't want to belt it out like, hey, you, don't have to you belt need to it. type to like, or why calm, calm you? down. Why not? No, like, no, no, why not? That's right. Why would you, if you have knowledge and you know that something is messed up, why would you not belt it out? I think for me, the key thing to pull from her, her, her letter is how do I check my peers and educate them um, while, and then she, you know, before that she says, you know, she doesn't want to react defensively or immediate look down on, immediately look down mm-hmm. on those people because I think sometimes when you are exposed to certain amounts of information, it's easy to look at people like you dumb, <laughs> and you know she probably no, doesn't want to do that's that. True. I think, quite frankly, just having the discussion and the reality. I think we said this. We've said this in the past. Um, everybody is not going to respond well to the things you have to say into your right. belief system, and just having and just knowing that, you know. Sometimes people are gonna look at you like you're crazy. Some people sometimes people are gonna tell you they don't care. But every now and again, you'll get somebody that wants to hear what you have to say, yeah. and that it would be willing to change maybe their perspective or at least their further actions. And that's just as good. But to I would say to persevere and to keep doing it because there's only so much, you know, as women, there's only so much that we can say to make men change their insight. Oh, as fr- as people of color on this podcast, there's only so much we can say to make people that are not of color understand our insight. Mm-hmm. But continuing the conversation and getting people one person at a time 
is just as effective or is more effective than keeping your mouth shut yes. and keeping the information to yourself. Very mm. true. All right, so let's continue to mourn this letter. Yep. So the last uh, portion of this letter reads as such. Listening to each episode really brings me back to my childhood. And I remember the kinds of things my parents and grandparents said to me that I didn't understand at the time. Upon telling my grandfather I had a boyfriend, he followed with, what color is his hair? Is he white or black? My parents to this day describe the Civil War (laughs) (laughs) as the war of northern aggression. I consider myself lucky or smart as hell to not have let those ideologies reflect in my life. But my question is, Seeing that tons of people in the tech industry are over 40 or 50 plus, (laughs) how do you combat someone's upbringing when you deal with discrimination or harassment like this in the workplace and beyond? Are there any lost causes? Can these people be educated or do they just need to die out? Oh my God. So quite frankly... (laughs) I mean, I'm not praying for the death of all like racist sexist and completely bizarre ideological people however and i think you know, honestly i think this is great because this has this everything has. to do this has everything to do with the episode today so i won't go too deep into it i think my response goes back to the response from my response from the last question it's like you're not going to get everybody yeah some things it's not a it's not a lost cause on you to to hold your responsibility to speak your truth and your understanding, but you're not gonna get everybody. There are still some. Pe- you're right. There are still some people that feel like the Civil War was the war of northern <laughs> aggression, and that all these Yankees was just trying to take up all this land and be greedy and not let people, you know, impact the Industrial Revolution, and that slave workers weren't slave workers at they all. Were they were just servants. indentured servants that yeah. just happened to not get paid. Or whatever, and that's fine. You know, the people really feel like that. That's fine. That's fine. I saw, look, I saw Roots last week, so I can't speak too much on it. I saw Roots. I'm in my feelings. Oh, you saw the remake? Yeah, I saw the remake, and it was more intense than the first one. Had me, how you had me in tears before bed, and then I got to go to sleep. Oh, I, I do want to say this. Uh, Julia? Yeah. <laughs> you real. <laughs> so, like, I just feel like she's inside my head, because... That last question of, or do they just die out? I feel like, <laughs> I, I, I feel like anytime someone says, like, we're in a post racial society. Do you wait for them to die out? No, no. I just feel like, <laughs> I, I just want to ask them, like, where do they think all the people who were, like, mm-hmm. spitting on people, setting their dogs mm. on people, like pouring milkshakes mm. over people's mm. heads in cafes. Like, where are these people? And this? where are their children? <laughs> where are their like, children? Where are they're, they now? They're still here. <laughs> and to to that question, I I don't think that they can be educated. Right. But I think even the purpose of this podcast and the purpose of uh, diversity initiatives and CDOs and and gatekeepers mm-hmm. of just basic human etiquette. The goal is that they, those who can't be educated, won't be tolerated. Right. And they subsequently put themselves out. Or, or they then become the minority and then yes. begin to feel inferior enough that they don't speak up as much. Correct. That's very true. Everyone can have whatever opinion they have, an idea that they have. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't want to hear you talking about how women just need to be barefoot and pregnant at home. I don't want to hear how you don't <laughs> feel like, you know, people of color need to be running businesses, countries, etc. Like, go sit down somewhere, have several <laughs> seats, and go watch your TV shows. Go like, watch your stories. Go watch your stories and be and be quiet. And Julia, don't be discouraged by the haters of the world. Like, they keep, are haters. yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Like. Every effort is important because you've reached a new level of enlightenment. So I'm, you know, people will follow suit. No one yeah. wants to also look like an idiot on, out here. On a bare level, like, you know, you're, you're a white woman, so you, you do have power. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. So people like you, um, you help move the needle a little bit further because you saying it, instead of me saying it as a black person, does a lot more. For someone who probably it, it does be validate it for some people educated validates or, it more or listen to the hmm. message and not that like us saying it doesn't validate it but when you have people that are on on an on the other side of the struggle also speaking to the stuff we see as if and and acknowledging that it's real it just helps move like Sydney said the needle forward so yeah. kudos to julia you the truth yeah. you the realist yeah Dig it. And for Stay everybody woke. else who is listening, please do send all of your comments and questions and listener letters and feedback and all of that good stuff to xmixedcompany at gmail.com. And that's A-S-K mixedcompany at gmail.com. We would like to hear from you guys because your feedback is important. It gives us some stuff to talk about. Yes. That's it. We got this whole segment here just for you guys. Yep. All this is supported by viewers like you. All it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
But or you can go to your favorite country in that list. How do you spell that? Um, it's M-O-M-O-N-D-O. And if you want to see the video, uh, just YouTube the DNA Journey Momondo, and you will see it. It's it's pretty good. Um, will they take me to Africa? There are some... Tra- okay, let me just put this out there. There are some travel restrictions, so please look at the... Um, Terms and conditions before you start requesting um, some countries, obviously, you probably can't go to or you don't want to go to because, so of, you know, news-related things. They're not going to take me to Africa. I mean, you have to win the, the DNA test, and you got to win your reaction. And they want something very authentic, obviously, as much as authentic as possible. Oh, so like you can't do to... outtakes of your, your reaction when you find out that you're possibly from Sweden or something. <laughs> But check it out. It's really That's cool. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally just thought about what you said. It, it caught me off guard a little bit. It caught me off guard a little bit. Love you, son. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I would be disappointed or pleasantly surprised. You never know. You never know. You never know. So check out the... But the thing is, my daddy is from Nigeria. Okay. Okay. So, but your mom, where's she from? She's from Jamaica, though. Which could be a mix of lots of things. Yes, out of many people, one out of many people. Now the funny thing, no, nah, let me not go there. Because <laughs> then you start, because then you come back and you start questioning. You know, you, you far too late to be questioning paternity at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, if nothing else, I'm sure it'll be a pleasant surprise. So, shout out to the Copenhagen Agency and Company and the production house Bacon for doing this really original and awesome concept with the Momondo um, Travel Company. They real. Yeah. Um, my dope thing of the week uh, is from someone actually who's actually taking a lot of flack right now, which is Airbnb. Because um, <laughs> some of y'all hosts don't know how to act and they won't rent out to black people but <laughs> i digress well it's it's the, you know actually that's actually some funny shit because i actually never have a problem with airbnb really i'm that's one of the reasons why i'm kind of like shaky to like even do an airbnb but i really want to do it like you everybody's do it. always yeah. like hey yeah, come on down it. like i've never been denied but yeah so uh <laughs> Airbnb is doing a a program that's aimed at increasing diversity in in tech, and they are offering a six-month paid program to anyone looking to make a career transition into either engineering Mm. or data science and or data science. And to me, that's just dope because this is the type of opportunity that makes sense and the reason and the reason why it makes sense for me is because i did a similar program when i was transitioning into advertising it's a real to me these programs are realistic because they take into account realistic life shit which is ain't nobody got time to be doing internships and not making any money Mm, when sadly mate is banging on your door um (laughs) so opportunities like this allow people of color to make a transition into 
into these fields that are lacking people of color, especially women, it allows them to make a transition without them feeling the pressure, uh, feeling financial pressures um, when they should be focusing on the work and making sure that they are acquiring the necessary skills to progress in these fields. And that is my dope thing of the week because I think that this is a great opportunity for everyone who's trying to get into the tech field. And it's Did what a reputable company. Did you say if that company. was tied to the to like their scandal right now of having less than coothful Airbnb I hosts? Didn't say that. Or if that's um, something that they've been working on, like. Oh, you know, for a period of time, and it just happened to launch around the same time that it it may have just launched around the same period of time. Um, there, there are definitely some restrictions. So these people have to have like two to five years of experience, non tech field related. Um, so they just had to really just internship. They it's it's like an internship. I mean, like you just need to be able to work. You need to it's have like some residency. business about yourself. Yeah, it's it's a residency. That's dope. That is cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. That is really cool. All right. Well, kudos to Airbnb. I still use y'all. I haven't had no problems yet. But if I do get a crazy message, I will be responding <laughs> double the crazy. Try me if you want to. Um, my dope thing of the week comes from Publicis in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Ooh. So for those of you that are into football or as uh, the... North Americans refer to it, uh, soccer. You guys will know that the UEFA Champions League final uh, was recently. So Publicis, uh, in tandem with Heineken, did a social experiment slash, um, I guess, commercial, if you will. Um, and essentially, what happened was they enticed a group of, I believe, three men um, who were at dinner with their girlfriends okay. with a secret offer to go to the game. Mm. So essentially the plot is what would you do to go to uh, this football game or this soccer game? <laughs> um, essentially they got word that they had a free ticket and okay. it was in their menu and they just needed to make themselves available. Now... Um, for those of you that may be in the dating scene, this is totally going to resonate. So <laughs> rather than to say, hey, babe, do you want to go to the soccer game with me? All, <laughs> all three of these dudes that they show in the video come up immediately, come up with a lie to basically get oh, out of spending no. time with their girlfriend, significant other, the person that they're dating. Okay. So they never say, and you know, the note in the menu never says, you can't tell. It just says, hey, do you want to go? Make oh, yourself just, available. And they're like, oh, babe. It's just one ticket. Right. So the, the they're like, you can you also get um, a, uh, a gift card to a spa. Okay. So the guys were like, <laughs> oh, hey, babe, you look so stressed. I just want to send you to the spa, you know? And they're like, wait, why? You're like, you know, you just seem tense, and I want to take care of you. You know, I love you. And all the, you know, the girls are like, okay, fine. You thank you so much. Love you. And the guys in the head are like, yeah, I'm about to go see this game. <laughs> so when they get to the game, it's hilarious. When they get to the game, the guys are seated and they have videos of their girlfriends dressed in spa gear. And all of a sudden, as they're talking, they're like, thank you so much. We've enjoyed our time. 
and they take off their robes, and it's like, surprise! And the girls are actually at the game, while the guys are just at a viewing for the game. <laughs> so there are many lessons here, right? Like, try not to lie about dumb shit, because you're gonna get found out. Plot twist. <laughs> trying to be a little bit more transparent, but it was, honestly, it was really cute. It was really funny. I thought, and um, essentially, you know, it plays to the idea that women enjoy sports just as much as men do. I personally enjoy American football. Don't you ever try to ditch me for no football game unless you're going to take me with you. Um, but, <laughs> you know, as women, as, as in gen- generally mm-hmm. women are in the media, they were very sweet about it, and they said, next year we can all go together, and they gave them surprise tickets to the 2017 game, which I don't think they deserved it because you a liar and you a cheater, and if you lie, you cheat, you cheat, you steal, you steal, you kill, but whatever. As long as they all love each other, everybody lives happily ever after, and per the video, they all get to go to the game next year. So shout-out to Heineken, shout-out to Publicis, Sao Paulo, um, and shout out to all the football games that are happening right now. Go Costa Rica. That ties in um, with what we're talking about today. Breaking those stereotypes, huh? What? All yeah. right. Like, look, okay. Anyway. Um, so let's get into it. We're going to talk about... Um, gender bias and stereotypes, particularly in the ad industry. Um, we've noticed that we've seen these issues with women. Women's been the new trend. Um, we've seen a lot of initiatives being started off targeted to women, like the 3% conference. Um, we've seen articles talking about how women are perceived and how that makes them feel in the industry. Um, but what's been, no- what's been interesting is like why why women in particular? Like, why are we, why are we only focusing on them in this light? I think that's a, I think that's a fair question. I, f- I don't know. My perspective on it is, as movements are built, they become the focus. The purpose right. of news and media is to perpetuate whatever is new and hot and happening within the world. I think um, with the onset of, um, you mentioned the 3% conference, and with uh, Sheryl Sandberg's uh, Lean In book that came out, what was that, 2013, 2014? Um, That is what is making, quote unquote, women the hot topic for right now. That's why it's popular right now, because Mm -hmm. it's new media. When... You know, in 2006, when the lawsuits came to light about not having enough black people within agencies, 2007 and 2008 were focused on trying to get blacks into advertising and blacks into agencies. When, um, you know, I've heard and I've heard recently people talk about, you know, the LGBT community issues are top of mind and a lot of brands are focusing on trying to incorporate um, th- those issues or their issues into their marketing plans, it's because that's what people are talking about right now. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I mm-hmm. think that that's just how media works. I mean, we work in this industry and we know our job is to just stay relevant. Right. And because there are a lot of women in general um, from many different backgrounds that are speaking out about 
women's rights and 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 women's pays and maternity leave and issues like that that is why it is the topic of the of the moment i i I don't necessarily well it is a trend and i think i said this in one of the earlier episodes which is the ad industry goes through these diversity trends because we're we are not specific enough when we start trying to solve a problem so um, maybe that's not even a way to say it but the like when i was trying to get in the trend was race it was primarily focused on blacks and Hispanics. And then it was LGBT and now it's gender equality. To me, this isn't really a necessarily a new trend because this is, we've been, well, not we, but women have been talking about this for decades. I don't know history because I was one of those kids who cut class, but <laughs> the... <laughs> Like the women's suffrage movement. Right. I was about to say, as a history buff. Give me, give me now, a decade. Give me a decade. Well, the suffrage movement happened during like the, we'll start in the early 1900s or late 1800s and went up through the 20s when women were able to get their their right. It's right. really like, I feel like so it's we're, really just. We're over a decade. We're, we're really over a century. Over centuries, centuries yeah. rather, of women's yeah. rights. And I do feel like it is because there are a lot of women in the spotlight right now releasing books, starting organizations, presenting scholarships, uh, even on TV, like a lot of the women that are your news anchors and, and winning awards lately, like it's women. So therefore, we want to talk. Oh, sorry. I also forgot. With all of the talk about diversity and from like equal opportunity in the early 90s or whatever, the only progress that we can actually document is the progress of women, not necessarily the progress of black people or the progress of Latinos or the progress of Asians. But you can actually see, and I think in our first episode, we had a conversation about who do we see more of within our C-suites and higher leadership you can see that people are opening the door for women in general, but what is being left out there, you know, comes the question of race and the question of, um, of well, the correct question of race, actually. Right. So with all this history that we have documented about women, why do women still feel like they have to show why they are in their role? So, whose side are you on? Well, in the New York Times article, (laughs) Susan Creedle, she gives an account where she was at a party or an event, and people did not believe that she was in a C suite position. Mm. (laughs) Just like they expected that the C suite person would be a guy. Hmm. And you could tell people's first reactions, like, oh, you're a lady. Or that mm. she has to be a cer- act a certain way to gain respect in the room. So one question is, you know, we're, I don't want to say millennials, but in this day and age, do you think that we can be true to ourselves in the workplace? Mm. As true to an extent. What do you mean, true to yourself? As it pertains to her experience? That you feel, yes. So I think there's two things. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to actually having the discussion about her feeling like people didn't believe her and why are we in a position where people still judge jobs based on your gender. Um, 
because that is the way we are programmed, especially here. We are programmed to put people into boxes. When we are in elementary school, they tell us to circle the things that match each other, mm-hmm. and then we explain why. Mm-hmm. When we get, when well, I don't know if the SATs are still like this, but when we are in high school and we take the SATs, they tell us that A is to B is C is to D, and you're supposed to deduce from that what they have in common, and therefore that is what gives you that bucket. That is just how we are socialized. The problem is when we get out of these school settings or these mm-hmm. learning settings, we are then asking people, and in an effort to individualize ourselves, we're asking people to take us out of those boxes. Mm-hmm. I don't have, just because I am a, you know, just because I'm a white woman doesn't mean I don't listen to hip hop. Just because I am a black man doesn't mean that I can't be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Just because I am a teenage woman doesn't mean that I don't necessarily, you know, that I don't work for engineering at the MTA, which is the New York City subway station or a subway uh, system, if anyone's wondering. Like, we spend so much time trying to group things into boxes so it's easier for us to understand. And then when we become adults, we now try to turn around and fight those boxes and fight those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. Like we said in Julia's letter letter from earlier, like it's really, really hard to 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 break down decades and, and centuries of freaking socialization like yeah. this is what you know as fact and then all of a sudden you know we have to fight against that and that's that's where the challenge comes to walk into a party and say hey I'm the chief executive offer of such and such people are like yeah. <laughs> yeah right because well, yeah. we're like we're, we're just starting to break down these social contracts right. yeah. and Julia's letter because it was a realist that last sentence and basically what she was asking is like these people who are so programmed to believing or to subscribing into these constructs which is her letter was about race which is you know people of other races are probably inferior but the same thing applies to gender it's like these social constructs program your brain mm-hmm. and these men who don't believe her because if she would have said it to me i was like oh shit, she dope um mm-hmm. but these people who she's talking to are probably old ass white men <laughs> who don't see her as their equal because that's not the way that they were raised that's not the construct that they subscribe to because when they were coming up, there probably were no women mm-hmm. in the C-suite. And so seeing her is like, nah, Shadi, what you talking about? And <laughs> like, honestly, not, to be fair, real. it probably isn't just men that are looking at her like, are you sure oh, you're no, telling definitely. the truth? It's people in general. That's like that is, how, that is how everyone that is currently in a, 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 a professional setting or of adult age right now, that is how we were raised up until about, what, 10 years ago, I think the way people or children are socialized now is to be more accepting and to be more open-minded about what's feasible and what's possible for their lives, and that it's not restricted based on the content of their skin, but yet the, (laughs) you know, the context of their character. Like, that is something that people are really trying to push to young people, but I grew up where, in books, teachers were women and doctors were men, and... Black people 
were trash men and like oh people God. wore business suits and went to work and like that's what books looked like for me growing up so that's why she got that reaction she knew why i'm not i'm sure she knows why but it's just it's not acceptable because you want people to be more open-minded right so back to my second part of my question like personally us do you feel like you can be more like yourself in your workplace well i'm not a woman but um you can be more of you to that point i would probably say no (laughs) um and 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 so we're 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 talking about being our work self. Work self. You, no wait wait. Are you talking about being your true self, which is who you are with your homies? Like no, you're never like that. To be honest, in a work setting, I think white women are. I don't know. I I, I mean I'm gonna let y'all go, but I have a very different experience. I I don't. I feel. There are levels to, there's, it's a spectrum. Like for me, in my current workplace, I am more myself than I I was at my last one. Now, do I feel like others can be more of themselves? Yes, but there's, there's a lot of other cultural associations with that. I can't, it's, it's, doesn't help me, and I've tested it before. It does not help me to be the loudest person in the room. There are people who it works for them. Are you the, the loudest. loudest person in, in general? Life, yeah. No. So then what, I wouldn't have to do that. Because at one point, I thought being the loudest person would allow me to, to be the one that is heard or to, to make sure that... I mean, it may have been stupid, but... But that's not... I guess what I'm saying is that's not being yourself. Like, so if we're talking about how... If if the question is, can you be true to yourself in the workplace? Yes, I think you can. However, I do think that there's an empowerment that comes along with doing that. You have to, at some point, feel very validated. If you feel, based on your culture, based on the energy, based on the natural reaction people give you when you walk into the door every day as if you are constantly on, like you're constantly on surveillance, Mm -hmm. then you may be more careful. You may carry yourself a certain way. Mm -hmm. You may speak a certain way. You you may withhold a lot of honest things that you would say to people that you felt comfortable with. Now, if you have, and it is a privilege, if you have the privilege to work in an environment where people respect you as a person, not just as a professional, but as a person, as a human, Mm -hmm. then yes, you then become empowered to be yourself because your true you, whatever that means, whatever your values are, are able to shine through. I think who you are as a person is boiled down to your values, not the not the volume of your voice or the slang of your language, but, you know, what do you believe in? Do you believe in family? Do you believe in money? Do you believe in, you know, just power over everything? Like, that comes from how people respect you within your work environment. I feel like you and I have had this conversation before where... Every day. (laughs) I think you need to keep in mind that you are a woman. And so, like, we're talking about gender biases. Sure. You're, you're a woman. So you you bringing your true self to work 
will probably never be threatening. That's not true That's because not if true. I'm working in an environment of all women, no, if I'm working in an environment of all women, mm-hmm. no, me bringing myself, my true self to work is not because I'm a woman. If as a woman I'm bringing my true self to work in an environment that is all men, that for me has been my most uncomfortable setting where I did not feel I could bring my well, true self to work. I'm not, I'm not talking about uncomfortable. I mean threatening, like literally like society, like – that Black is threatening, man. but that I mean, is threatening. I don't. I don't think it's the same. I don't. I and and so because I feel like you you're one of those people who I I know you you bring your true self to work. You're kind of like the same person that you are with most of your friends at work. Now, recently, there was a time where I could not do that. Right. In fact, and I can go as far back as to even when we worked together, I was not allowed to do that. Like there were certain others, oftentimes there are certain people that you can, and and we have that kind of work relationship where I could just be like, yo, Sam, this is what I need. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't go to the art director sitting next to you and be like, yo, such and such. Mm -hmm. It has to be more formal. It has to be more guarded. It has, the words I choose have to be thought through. And the delivery also has to be on point. It's very different. And like, I and you know what? I think that's a good point because I do feel like a lot of men think it's really easy for women to just be I do. in a work environment. And I and like I don't understand how, so I would like to challenge to ask why you feel that way because as a woman, regardless of even in situations where I've had other brown skinned women in my work environment, mm-hmm. uh-huh. There were times where it was very uncomfortable and it was very threatening my perspective to bring to them, which is why it wasn't allowed. Right. To like saying something in their presence sure. or out of line. Sure. I, so I, I will accept your challenge. And the reason the reason why I, I say this is because you're you're one of the people who when I have issues at work, I'm like, yo, this is what's going down. <laughs> and you'll be like, Well, why don't you just say that? And I'm like because if I say that, they will take that as an attack. You and do to, think that way. And, 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 and to you, it's like, well, no, nah, why, why would they think that? I'm like, but that's how I see the situation But that's how happening. you feel. That's not what's happened. That's like, I think and that's usually my point in, in those conversations where you say that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't say that. You don't know if you can't say that because it's not like you've said it before and then X happened. You're assuming that, you're assuming that based on a perspe- percep- perception that you believe they have of you, that if you check somebody, that they're going to automatically get scared and then your job is in, uh, is in jeopardy. I do feel like, again, that becomes an empowerment thing. There, When I got to the point, and I actually had this conversation with my boss maybe a couple weeks ago, where I told her, I was like, there became a point where I just didn't give a F no more what anybody was going to say to me because I really felt like... I really felt like my integrity was starting to be questioned in work oh. environments. That is Because you're that being is guarded. A, no, because people are challenging your integrity. Right. What Simeon's discussing is those moments when it's like, yo, you're about to change my work or you're about to override something that I just, the, a process that I just put in plan. Or when somebody's challenging your integrity as a professional, as a person, you have to make a choice whether or not you're going to care 
if your job is on the line or if you being a human is more important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a very but I and I said that last episode too. Like that is a this is a very new phenomenon. This is like in the last two and a half right. years where I just right. don't I remember. feel like I should care if you're offended because you don't care if I'm offended. And because I feel that I am very strong with words <laughs> and I can get my point across so that you understand it, usually without cursing people out, sometimes some people just need to get, you know, they just need a couple words slipped in there. I feel like it's really important to protect my integrity because at the end of the day, you can say that I was difficult to work with, but you can't say that it was because I didn't know how to do my job. Mm. So I think that's, I don't think you've tried. Yeah. Well, have you? Listen. Well, have you? I just need you to answer that. Have you or the reason I you think, feel this I way? I think that I need to be, and I, I don't want to get off topic, which is women, but like to answer your question, I think that I need to be more strategic than you. When I am talking to especially white women who are extremely apologetic when they feel like they've done something wrong and they, and this may be a, a male stereotype where I feel like they turn into little girls who seem helpless. Hmm. So when when I see that behavior mm-hmm. and it's, and, and this may be a stereotype and mm-hmm. you can call me on it, but when I see that behavior, it makes me feel like I cannot approach the situation that in the way that mm-hmm. I need to approach the situation, which is, hey, we need to get some shit done. Because your like, intention is not to make them feel inferior. You want to reach out to them as correct. partners. And that's fair. However, and I do agree that you have to be strategic, but being strategic or not, the shit still needs to get said. Right. Like, you can't just not say it because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Because guess whose feelings is going to get hurt when y'all lose business and you ain't got no job. So that's real. You know, like I, I, I guess, I, I, it just depends on your environment. I, I, I just, personally, at my current agency, feel very comfortable to I be just, myself. My thing is when oh. when when I, when I get a lot of mentorship or whatever um, from women, I feel like their approach is like, well, you should just say this. Yeah. And I'm like. That's not uh, that. That doesn't it, read for you. No, that doesn't work no. for you. Like, but I can't. I can't to, just say that. So but is there a way to turn it around? Because that's that's like that. I think that's a disconnect to me. If I'm like, oh, just but in in the in the spirit of this conversation, I may be in the wrong because mm-hmm. I may be holding on to these social constructs where mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? If I say such and such, this woman is going to crumble, mm. and she is going to. <laughs> Go to Come our on. boss and be like, mm-hmm. crying tears, crying tears. This is the nine. black aggressor. I feel threatened. I feel yeah. threatened. I feel like my life's in danger. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's that can happen if you're an aggressive woman as well. It always has. So I was like, that has happened to me several times. So, but do you feel threatened? Where the other person has said they feel threatened when like they speak threatened to me that you're going to lose your job because you're being absolutely aggressive? that no, has like, happened. Like physically threatened. Was I threatened or did they say they... Did you feel physically threatened? They felt threatened for me speaking to them. I was having the same experience you were having. I was trying to tell you that we were sharing a moment. We can't even have this one. I was trying to say I've I've been on the side where you don't want to approach people because you don't want them to turn around and say you're being aggressive. But that's not from my femininity. That comes from 
I feel mm, sure my personality, but I also feel that it comes from a part of being a black woman, not just a woman, but a black woman. And therefore, I never forget, like the, at one agency, they were like, well, we need you to be sassier. What does that mean? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm at work, I'm trying to be professional. And what they meant was they wanted me to roll my neck, snap my fingers, and get loud when people with need when needed. It's really not how I prefer to work. So it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same situation. Like how I'm perceived as a woman is going to is going to. It's it's not easy. Right. It's not. It's not easy because I'm a woman. I, I, it's I, just I, natural. It's a natural yeah. reaction. And um, just to further quote. The New York Times articles, you know, one of the comments was it can be very hard to discuss these issues or ignore or hide natural instincts around men and women. Even if you come a long way as a society with regards to gender equality in the workplace, we haven't changed what it fundamentally means to be a man or a woman. I mean, you have these natural reactions because that's what makes you you. But I'm interested... Mm-hmm. And what you're saying, when was the point where you where you just like, I'm going to, my integrity, where was the point, like, because you said that you changed when you really were guarded to a point where it's like, listen, this is me, this is who I am, integrity is important to me, I don't, it's like you, you reach a point where mm-hmm. you just, you're yeah. more of yourself, you've come into your own in, at the workplace. I couldn't even, I I couldn't even like tell you a day, but it was a feeling. It was a feeling of constantly feeling like I had to hide my personality to get my job done. Mm-hmm. And that's not healthy for anybody. Like when people tell you, oh, you need to smile more and this, that, and the third, but I'm not a smiley person. I'm a smart person. And I'm, I feel that I am very generous and helpful, but like I shouldn't have to defend, I shouldn't have to suppress a piece of my personality and defend another piece of my personality in an effort to give you a personality that's comfortable for you. It was literally just internal. So looking back, this is my last question about, about this. What, for someone who's struggling with those thoughts and they're struggling where, you know what, I'm, like, I'm done feeling this way, I'm done feeling disrespected, I'm done feeling that, like, what advice do you have for them to just be like, listen, this is your turning point? Like, What's your advice to that person who's struggling in that thought, like... You're going to get tired, like... And it's not even to get off... It's not off topic. This no. is, I think, honestly, I think a lot of the books that are out there, articles that are out there about women, women breaking glass ceilings and women elevating in their profession, like, clearly, hopefully, but I'm quite sure that I have a long way to go. I do know, though, five years into my career... Mm-hmm. And being as honest of a person that I feel like I like to be for myself, Mm -hmm. that the honesty for myself was most important. So, and it didn't take somebody telling me, girl, don't worry about it, be yourself. It didn't take someone pushing me. It, quite frankly, the tears were internal. Mm -hmm. The pain, the frustration, the anger, the feeling like like I wasn't, moving or succeeding was all internal and you make a choice you're either going to fight or you're going to run away right Mm -hmm. my way to do it was to fight against that because per my values the most important thing 
was my honesty to myself. If I can be, I felt, if I can be honest about, I am a woman, I enjoy, they, I enjoy being wearing makeup, I enjoy sometimes wearing a dress, I shouldn't have to only wear, this is a real thing, I shouldn't have to only wear pants around men. If I want to wear a dress to work, I should be able to. I am a black woman and I have, you know, with Latin, with a Latin background and if I want to bring, um, codfish and callaloo to work then i'm gonna do that for my lunch and if i want a roast compoyo then i'm gonna bring that for lunch and no one's gonna be able to question me because if they are this is part of my culture this is part of who i am and i'm not embarrassed like t getting to the point where you're not embarrassed to say things that might make other people uncomfortable because what happens is if i'm making myself uncomfortable all the time mm -hmm. to suit people and then they're making me uncomfortable because they're treating me a way that i'm giving them the perception that i am then i'm all messed up the only person that loses is me yeah. mm -hmm. in the end so if i'm the only person that can really defend myself then it becomes my priority to as i continue my career make sure that my integrity is in check and that's literally all like anybody that feels that way is only going to change when you feel like changing it and you're either going to leave or you're going to push back against it Cause I get angry, y'all. That's that. That's that anger management. Like, do I blow up the building or do I figure out how to manage this? Like, you really have to decide these things. It's a good take on on dealing with things. I'm definitely right there. I know, and, and, and that's I, I'm, fine. I, I'm I'm just gonna be like, you know what? Peace. And that's fair. Like, that is a way to deal with it. I'm also in a place where in my life where I'm just like, I'm not your daddy. I'm not your teacher. I'm not here to teach you. Like. If if I feel like you don't get it, I'm just gonna be like I'm going to do it, mm -hmm. and do it until the point where I'm just like, all right, cool. Like you're not paying me enough to do this, and peace right. out. I mean, and there are many ways to deal with it. That was just my mind is the path of resistance. Some people like for a while, mine was also just to keep it pushing. Yeah. Where's the next agency? Where's the next pay raise? Mm -hmm. What's the next title? You know. I just feel like they will interpret my resistance differently. But you're saying you feel like that, like no, until you get to a, a point feeling, where, yeah. until you get to a point where you're, where you're comfortable doing a test and learn, <laughs> you won't know. That's real. That is real. So I think yeah. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we answered all the questions. I feel like, what can we say for people who haven't reached this point in their career where it's like, or in their career journey, I should say, where they can. Say, kind of say, fuck it, like, I'm gonna be me. Like, what is, like, how can they overcome the stereotypes that are already placed on them when they step into a room? This, this is, this, is, the whole conversation about women is, is always been weird for me because most of my mentors are women. And they're the ones who I actually advise. More times than not, they're the ones who I see in senior positions mm -hmm. over me. There's only been like one dude who's been my mentor um, in this industry. The majority of them have been women. So the idea, and I and I also think this is why I, like I react in certain situations the way that I react because the women who I take advice from, I think that they're strong and smart and. It's kind of like a no-brainer. Like, like I don't understand the the bias against mm -hmm. them because this is somebody who I ask 
for advice mm -hmm. from, you know? Um, so, like, and, and I think when I hear, like, the apologetic, like, um, when the default is to start apologizing mm -hmm. about what you're doing wrong instead of just, like, going into solution mode, mm -hmm. I immediately, like, think you're weak and you can't take criticism. See, and that, yes, but, okay, you are 100% right. And, and However, right. <laughs> there's a piece of that, like... <sighs> but that can even be for men, though. Like, but do you, do you, I think... There was a chain. There was a there was an email thread to the women of of my agency um, about being apologetic as a woman, okay. and how we need to stop being apologetic as women because of exactly what you said. Because men will perceive you as weak if yes. you apologize, right? And like yeah. I, I've been saying this whole episode, I may not be shit. No, 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 no. It's okay. not about you not being shit today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about that right there of you saying, like, I see you as weak. Like, like, I have to fight that. The fact that I have to watch my, like, that there was a conversation about me having to watch my work. If I say sorry, sometimes it's, it's just, just better than excuse me. Yeah. Sometimes it just it just came out first before me. Like, but why the... put weak, why assign weakness to words? Why assign weakness to gender? Because when a man says he's sorry, I don't look at him as weak. Most there, women don't look at men as weak when they apologize. We actually look at them as, like, he's so wow. polite. Yeah. Men that say apologize are are are, are polite. Men there, that apologize have manners. There, there Women are, that apologize are weak because you know why? Because but what are you apologizing for? For anything, it doesn't matter. It's a word. But if you're, matter. if I feel like if you're, if you're definitely matter. in the wrong, you should just say you're sorry. Here's no, the thing: no, no, no. people There's, perceive. There are, there are times. Yes. There are times where it can be excessive. I say I until this year, I had one of my male bosses emailed me this Amy Schumer comedy I saw that to me and he and we were talking about you know sometimes you just don't need to say sorry I get that but there are times because we're human that you're actually like my bad like you're actually in the wrong but but here's the thing here's if you're the in thing. the wrong you're in the wrong messing up there, there's 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 mess, yes, there's, there's, there's messing up which cool I get it and then there's just you not working efficiently. You not work. You not working. It has nothing you, to do with me saying sorry though. Sometimes, sometimes but, sorry. Do you mind if I get past? Sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you fine. right here. That's but fine. This is, but this is what that's I'm saying. Fine. Like, just putting so much pressure on a freaking word is so frustrating to me. But you know why it's a conversation? Because in general, society deems women as weak. Oof. Period. But, but, because the conversation was never, do men apologize too much? As men, y'all need to get up and stop saying sorry all the time and just do what the hell you want to do. In fact, society never challenged the fact that men don't apologize enough. They, they challenged the fact that women apologize all the time. And it's sickening to me because it's a freaking word. So if you're going to time my gender with a word that is just a word, why the hell... Should I care? Like, I don't care. Like, that's the kind of shit that Here's pisses thing, me off. Kai. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
<laughs> I know that you. I know that you are not. You're not going even to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, listen. Here's the thing. I, I, I know that you are not apologizing for not working efficiently. You're t- okay. And that's, and then, and and it, that. Listen, 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 listen. I know that you're not apologizing for not working efficiently, for not knowing your job, for not doing your job. There's a difference between slamming the door on somebody's foot Child. and saying sorry, and then there's a there's something completely different when we have a deadline and we are at work at fucking midnight because someone is not working efficiently. Sure. There's a difference. And so so you apologizing on the hour, every hour, from five o'clock until midnight because you are not that, working efficiently. I agree, is different. That is a difference. And your ass should be Apologize. sorry because you're giving me sorry but as you work. shouldn't. However, no, 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 no. Because no <laughs> one no one your wants ass should be no sorry. one no 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 but see here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's no not one what those articles hear, are talking about, though. They're but that's talking, what I'm talking about. Sure, but that is not what the topic, these gender, like if we're talking about why are women head of topic, that is not what Sheryl Sandberg is talking about. That is not what the Amy Schumer skit was talking about. It was talking about, you know, apologizing for shit you don't need to apologize for. Yeah. It's like, I just, I just feel we put too much, we put too much emphasis on words or customs that we just don't need to and the real the reality is that period people see you as weak not they see you as weak because you said sorry so it's already there see for 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 me it's situational it's are you are you are you apologizing to mask your inefficiencies because that is something completely different from Feeling like you just need to apologize all the time. Are you saying it's inefficient because you're not improving, or is it just inefficient because it happened? Inefficient because you're not improving. You're not, and, and you're not act, and you're not and actively, I'm not that, and you're not fair. actively trying to solve what it is. That, that is that different, you're and I don't think that that is gender based. Yeah, that's just. It's not gender based, but if it was a man, I probably would approach the situation differently. Express, sure, elaborate. I would say, like, we're talking about giving criticism. Right. I think it would be a different situation because, and here's the other thing, and I I told this to you, Kai, which is I hear certain, certain things when people talk to me, and they probably doesn't, don't think that it means anything. Okay. Mm -hmm. And one of these women said something to me, and we were talking about going to Brazil, and I was like, well... I was just like walking on the beach at 3 a.m. at night because like right. I was I couldn't sleep and I wanted to go for a walk and she was like, "Oh my god!" But you could do that because you're like uh, you're, you're a like, black man. Uh, you're a man. She's like, yeah, like yeah, like nobody's gonna bother you. You mix it with the crowd. <laughs> and so, but it's not even just a mixing right, it with the crowd. Mixing, yeah. it's, it's just because you're it's, a man. No, it's because he's a bigger black, black man, man. Mm-hmm. with and so muscles and he goes to the gym, so I know he can fight. <laughs> but when you when you hear somebody say something like that, you immediately go, "Well, what the fuck do you think I am?" Mm-hmm. Oh, so you like you, you see you see me as like aggressive. a threat, not necessarily to you in that moment, but you see me as a threat to someone else. Right. So me giving you criticism, yeah. especially in the heat of the moment where I'm like, "Yo, why are we, we we shouldn't be here?" Like. We should have been home a long time because ago. Because you right? don't want to, you don't want to come across aggressive, and I feel right. like, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. All of this for me goes back to, to like I felt like 
your initial perspective of women having it easier when trying to or when expressing themselves or being themselves at work, I didn't think that's... I felt like that's a stereotype because I feel like it's a stereotype because A, it's not true, and B, some women, based on how they look, can can just automatically come across as uber-aggressive, and some women, based on how they look, can come across as uber-sensitive. It's rarely do people just approach women as... I want to say just people, but I also don't even know what that even means. I think, I th- and, I, and I think That's, going back to yeah. me saying it's situational. I think it's it's situational and it's person by person because my general outlook outlook on women, with my mother being a Jamaican woman, woman, mm-hmm. I I don't see them as weak. Like I, I like and this, and let me let me I just give you. A story. When you say is, weak, what do you but mean? I, I just, I mean weak in general. Just in general. Because I give you a That's story. not a word you associate. Right. Okay. I think I was like 10 years old, Brooklyn, 1990s, before Columbus. Just, this is like high, like, crack epidemic, right? I hear my mother, like, screaming for me and my brothers. Like, what the shit want? Go outside, like, the door is, like, wide open. My mother comes back into the house. She's, like, panting. Apparently, like, some dude, like, tried to break into the house. What? She chased him down. That is my, like, default, like... Okay. I see, I see what you're saying. But, 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 but here... You uh, stereotypes with every situation. But, but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, that is my default. Force. Like, that is that is... That is my first association with, with women. women, which, why are you looking no, at me? Looking at her. Yeah, like, like that's that's my first association with women, which is like my father looking at her, going, "Are you a psycho? Like, why would you run after somebody with a hammer?" Mm-hmm. But like, that's my association with women. Is like, she was like, "If I didn't do it, who would?" She emasculated the shit she out of your daddy. She's a real country She's a real country Jamaican woman. But like that's that's the that's, that's what you do in Jamaica. You you defend mm, That's a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> my mom would run somebody down with a machete. My aunts wouldn't. That's real. Stereotype but but what I'm saying is it's it's situational for me where it's where that's how I expect women to show up. And when they don't show up like that, mm-hmm. it disappoints you. Oh, I don't well. want to use that word, but but no, <laughs> you want to know? There's, there's, there's even her response. No, I respect your mother for who she is, <laughs> and I would never say anything bad about no, her mother. No, but look, no, but go, go to your see, and this gets deeper because I, what you just said, and what you took from that situation of your mom saying. If I wasn't the one to go save us from the attacker, then who would do it? In my head, that automatically discounted your father. I mean, maybe your he dad. He was at home. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just the way you expressed the story, though, well, who was going to do it? And then that being your, your, your way of perceiving women, if women aren't going to be the one to save the day, then you're just a weak woman. Well, why do women always have to be the one to say? Why does that make you weak because you are not saving the day? Well, what did you do to save the day today, Simeon? The Wonder Woman. <laughs> the Wonder Woman, Superwoman. But this, but this is what I'm talking about. No, that's real. Is that what that's you're talking real. about? But what also, I'm saying But is, also, but here's, here's another thing. There's saving the day, and then there's you creating a situation. 
I'm not discounting that there are some <laughs> crappy women in the world. I also, but in the in the light of the discussion we're having about gender-based stereotypes and just stereotypes in general and how to be yourself, it's really hard to, again, worry about presenting yourself to people when you're thinking, well, Simeon believes that all women are supposed to, like, if it's, if it's fight or flight, we got to put on our karate belts and fight. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jake from State Farm believes that <laughs> Women really don't have no place in the daggone office. Like, I don't know why you're not home in the kitchen. I know your husband's hungry. What, you don't got no husband? Like, these are all the things. So, again, it is really difficult as a woman to be yourself because one person thinks that, you know, how you just expressed yourself, that that's how women should be. Another person feels like women have no place in the boardroom. Another person believes that women should be more docile and sexy and, and your clothes are too loose or your clothes are too tight. Like, those are all the things that people think about in general in society when they think about women. And they're so vastly different. That how do you keep up? You can't. You can't. You can't. So you pick one that you feel comfortable with and you move the hell forward. That's what you do. You you be true to yourself and F everybody else because guess who's not saving Simeon's day today? Me. <laughs> is that your solution? I don't know about tomorrow, but today is not happening. Is that your solution? Yeah. I mean, I think I think the other piece like to this, you know, comes into like the code switching thing, like feeling like you have to code switch because there are so many different perceptions of who you're supposed to be to people. But like, you don't feel like you have to code switch anymore. I absolutely, I absolutely do have to code switch. I absolutely do have to code switch. And you know what? Like, I think the thing about code switching is that there's such a negative connotation behind it. Okay. But I think there's a difference between code switching and conforming. No, I do not feel I need to conform. Yes. I absolutely do not feel that I need to change my values. Again, I'm center, I feel like I'm centered for my values. As a person, yes, I do not have to conform my values to someone else's. But I, as a communication student, pay all this daggone money to go to college to not understand that to communicate, sometimes you have to speak to people in their own language. It's speaking in your language, and I don't just mean like... No, I get it. I, get I don't it. mean yeah. proper English. I don't mean slang. I don't mean whatever. But I do mean that... If we're in a in a in an, in an advertising setting, then guess what? I probably should be using advertising jargon. Yes. I should be saying things like next steps and let's take a step CTA. back and what's the CTA and where's the strategy. I should be. Then guess what? That's code switching because you mm-hmm. get that. Those are trigger words that you get. And especially if I want you to take me seriously, I need you to hear me. I need you to process what I'm saying. I need you to internalize it and I need you to respond. If I'm going to sit here and just feel like everybody just needs to show up on my level, I mean, I'm not going to get that far. I think it's very important. I think it's also important from a social perspective to understand if, for example, I think this is the best, I think this is the best way to put it. Like, I was born and raised right outside of Philadelphia, so a lot of the terminology growing up was very... Philadelphia terminology, like John, you drawling, stuff like that. Okay. Come to New York, they don't say none of those words. And every summer I was here, every holiday, every weekend, I was in New York City. Mm -hmm. I could not use any of those words. Now, 
How lonely would I be if I sat here and said, well, if they don't understand me, they don't need to talk to me. No. <laughs> no. That's a good point. If the majority of people in your area, in your um, proximity communicate a specific way, then it is only your duty as a person that is a guest, essentially, to communicate in that way. And I think that's the same way for women trying to communicate with men. I, I don't think there's any harm in meeting people where they're at. Okay. Especially when you are, especially when you're outnumbered. Okay. I think... It's what do you okay. mean by meeting where they're at in terms Wherever of like that is. You know what? And Like, you should be learning golf at this point? Or, like, what do you mean well, by... Well, here's the thing. If you're trying to... I don't to fit think, in. Yeah, I don't think it's about fitting in, but if you know that people... Like, I connect, I connect with a lot of men that I've worked with in the past just off the shrimp that mm-hmm. I enjoy watching football, and mm-hmm. I lightly follow basketball. And there is... There is this piece where, like, if we're going to connect on a human level, because you do need to connect with people on a human level, then let's talk about the human things that we have in common. Probably not going to bring up the ballet I saw last week, because you probably don't care. But I did see the game with the Giants versus the Eagles, and man, oh, man, did you see that touchdown? Man, oh, man, did you see that play? Like, I think there's a – I think – I don't think that there's anything wrong with meeting people where they're at to get access to their humanness so that you then can discuss business more effectively. Sim, do you feel like, you, you, I mean, you just do the both, code switch and conform? It sounds I mean, like you have to do. I'm a black man, so, and I think this goes to what we were just talking about earlier. I definitely code switch, because the way... I don't feel like I can criticize or give feedback in the way that I would like to give feedback mm-hmm. when it's needed at midnight. When we're sitting, <laughs> when I'm when sitting I there, when I should be in bed, when I should, when I, when I should be in bed um, because someone is not working efficiently. Because also at the same time, I just want them to get it done so that I could go home and go to my bed. Um, I mean, it is like, <laughs> but it's like, and here, here's here's the other thing, and, and I probably should say this earlier. Like one of, one of the agencies that I worked at, I feel like all of the women were extremely efficient. White, well, there were just white women, but <laughs> um, all of them were extremely efficient. They were extremely smart. Like their opinions, the the opinions that they brought to the table, I respected. Me working with women who are not like them, it's just like I don't know. I just find it unacceptable. But you, but but you're saying you have a preference for working with women that have a very strong personality and that are very smart, whatever that means to you, and that can get a job done without feeling like they need a whole bunch of help. Yes, you're looking for self-sufficient. People. Women to yeah. be yes. in your just well, women is the conversation to be in your circle, and Correct. therefore you don't accept women into your circle that you do not feel are self sufficient. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> well, on I that kinda, note, yeah, that, that 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 pretty much sums it up. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the idea of conforming though, I think that's selling yourself out. I personally do not think that that is mm. any that is not something that anyone should do. So I think that is when you that's when you've you've given your integrity up as leverage for success yeah so for, I, I've, I've experienced for that me, i mean i've tried to do that and for, for me it's not conforming it's selective actions so like what 
Give me an example. It's choosing what and what not to say. Like I'm still like I still walk into work with my dashikis and and <laughs> and don't um, and don't really like uh, sanitize my my talk in general. Well, I think but, that that yeah, I think that that's but but when you do communicate, I think that you're communicating in a way that you both can understand, right? Correct. So I think that is that becomes the code switch. I think conforming is. I think conforming is okay. Well, as a woman, and like I said, I've done this in the past because my office is majority male. I'm not going to wear the clothes. I'm not going to wear makeup because no one else wears makeup, and I don't want them to bring it up in conversation. So we're just going to pretend like I don't like makeup. I think conforming is. Um, I think conforming is sitting in a meeting. And there are sexist conversations going on or racist conversations going on or things that you clearly find offensive and you don't speak up about it and instead you laugh. <laughs> Awkward laughing. Awkward, well, yeah. Or real laughing. That's not going to happen. Or real laughing because you don't want to be the one to point out that y'all sound like dickheads. That's not going to happen. I mean, it does happen. That is conforming. It does happen. I know it happens. That is, that is, to me, that's conforming. And again, that's using your integrity as leverage for success to me. It's not, it's not worth going home and thinking to myself, who am I? Or not recognizing yourself. It's not worth it. So let's end with some words of wisdom, some solutions. Kai, I mean, I feel like it's be true to yourself all day, every day. Am I wrong? Am I right? No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's right. I think... I think from a perspective of a woman coming up in the industry, um, for women, I think it's important to keep pushing, right? And and I think the ideals of, right, the big F word, right, feminism, and the ideals of womanism, for those of you that are invested in learning the culture of feminism and womanism and knowing that they're different, that it is important to recognize that this is what you're you're up against people having expectations of you to either be too strong or to either be too weak mm -hmm. mm. off the bat mm -hmm. and and recognizing that despite those expectations like you still have to push through i also think as women it's extremely important or people in general but for the sake of this conversation as women it's extremely important to reach back and do two things help whatever woman that you know it's not gonna be everybody but like if you see a woman that somebody needs to invest in and somebody needs to encourage and that wants to be where you are wants to head in the direction that you're going also to pull them along and bring them into your circle to have conversations i also think it's important for little girls like i love the barbie or the mattel has an ad or campaign rather that they have been promoting for the several months now with their new Barbies and the Barbies have um, Barbies have like real jobs. These are doctors and, and the the account executive one where the little girl's in the airport and she's talking about this new business that she's been trying to get. Like I think it's so important to talk to little girls about that as well because we ha like you have to change how how children think about themselves and their world in an effort to not get 75-year-old Gustavo Martinez <laughs> out here, you know, saying crazy shit Old creepy in, me in meetings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah. To, to, 
to empower the women that are right behind you and to educate the young girls that are that are decades away from coming up around uh, that are decades away from growing up to be like you because they should know like you don't have to you don't have to be anyone's hero and you don't have to be anyone's damsel in distress but you can be you and whatever that means to you is okay just don't to Simeon's point don't be inefficient about it be true to yourself and you don't have to worry about being inefficient because being true to yourself should be natural anyway, so it'll get done. Amen. So I'm the worst, clearly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 I really, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have any any solutions to this because I, I feel like, in just coming off of Kai's solution, I'm part of the problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> not even in a bad way, but yes, I do feel like that is part of the problem. Um, because like, like for me, like it's just, yeah, just for me, like it's, it's, I think I've been conditioned and it's not thinking that women can't do it. It's, I expect the women who do it to be a certain way. Um, so I don't know the solution is don't be like me. (laughs) Like it's, it's, it's because for me, like that's, I did not think that that was a problem. Thinking that, well, all these women who I've encountered along the way, my mentors, my coworkers, um, C-suite mm-hmm. women, my mama, like I did not think that thinking that all women should be like that was a issue because pretty much all the women that I associate with on a regular basis are like that. Whether not necessarily running behind robbers with a hammer, but figuratively running behind. Figuratively, like of course she didn't have a machete. Oh, she does have a machete. Yeah, which she snuck back to America <laughs> in a lead paper. Hey. But, um, yeah. It, it's like that's that has always been, and so for me, I was like, well, I'm I'm on the side of feminism. I'm on the side of womanism because this has always been my approach is that they can do. Like women can do. I expect to see women do because these are the women that I've encountered my entire life. So to get to this point now or not necessarily now because we're not putting my business in the street. But <laughs> but to get to to get to a point where I'm like, well, why can't you do? Mm-hmm. When all of these other women I see, white, black, otherwise, do like what's what's your issue? And so to me, like now, like listening to Kyle, like I am part of the problem because I've generalized mm-hmm. what successful women look like or act like. Um, so yeah, I think no listening- solutions today. I mean, <laughs> no, I think that is a solution. Like. That is absolutely a solution. I think critical thinking is important. Think about your thinking. Think about why you feel women or anyone should be the way you feel that they should be. Think about your thinking. Question yourself. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the, my solution is not for any information. It's just from what you said, Kai. Like, I mean, I'm taking it as being more of myself, being more confident to be myself and to to just be real with myself and think about what am I doing? Like, do I feed into being a stereotype to make people feel comfortable around me and whatever, you know, 
that's me. I mean, my solution isn't a solution. It's more of reflection. I think we also didn't talk about like, <laughs> well, no, because I think it's important. And I think because our conversations were, I got so heated, whatever. <laughs> Sometimes you have to be your best advocate, your only advocate mm. as women. Um, as anyone, period, right? But for the sake of the conversation, we're going to talk about women. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to, if you feel like somebody, like if you, if you feel like something is wrong, to challenge it, to ask somebody why they feel that you should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to another podcast uh, the other day, and one of the the host was talking about tokening versus targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, where tokening becomes we, you know, you're you're we are diverse because we chose you as opposed to we want more people like you. Mm-hmm. And so I, it really dawned on me like I never considered that, but like to question those things. Like, do you have me here just because you wanted a woman to sit here because you actively want my insight? And if you actively want my insight, then this is truly how I feel. Take it or leave it. All you have to do is give your is to give your approach, whether or not people decide to use it. If you don't give your insight, then you are part of the problem. If you give your insight and they don't use it, then they are the problem. So to challenge it, like if you feel, if you see something, say something. If you see something, say something. MTA rules. You know, and, and I think that just applies to life. Don't be don't be afraid of these these men. They're people just like you. Don't be afraid of these these simians of the world. <laughs> you don't have to save nobody. And on that <laughs> note, um, today's uh, episode and this long is the realest episode. episode. <laughs> just a long ass episode. I know you guys have comments. I know you have questions, but and we want to hear it. So send it to askmixcompany at gmail.com. We thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Yeah, and, and like the Mafa New York Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, check subscribe. it out. Subscribe. Yeah, hit up, hit up all that stuff. And rate us on iTunes. Leave a review, you know, because we got so we, we some, you know, five-star people. So cool. give us those stars. All right. And we're out. We're out. Peace.